Well, I'd just like to thank the worship team. Wasn't that an amazing time? Just, there's, there's a cost to bringing the presence of God. And we just honor you guys. I could have, it would have been complete today just to spend that time in the presence of God. There was something of the weight of God, the weight of the presence of the Lord that was starting to come. This morning, I just, I'd really like to encourage you. I'm going to tell you something of my journey. Does that sound echoey? Just bring it down a little bit, Isaac. Thanks. And um, yeah, we, we come to the Lord and we surrender what we know to surrender. The Lord draws us and we say, yes, Lord, I want you in my life. And from that day, we're on the starting block. That's the beginning of the walk. And then the Holy Spirit, in conjunction with us as co-workers, and as we work together with the Holy Spirit, he never violates our free will, not ever. So our journey begins, and we begin to work together the process of sanctification, the process of transformation. And that's not an easy journey, because we can... You know, church life often can be, you know, we, we know our life can be like a tree and the fruit on the tree. Sometimes it's not so good. And church can want to clip that fruit off and say, well, don't do that thing. Don't do the swearing and the alcohol and the drugs and, you know, the bad stuff. So we tend to clip that fruit off. But we live in Hawke's Bay and we know what fruit trees do. We're due for another crop. So my message this morning is about the heart. You know, to, we can clip the fruit off, but there's still a, there's a root there. There's a root that needs to be gotten at, gotten at. And there's a scripture in Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it come the issues of life. The NIV translation says, and every, everything else flows out of it. Our heart is the main thing. And sometimes, guys, you know, we struggle to get in touch with our heart. You know, we're, we're just blokes, you know. And we do the stuff. But the Lord is absolutely wanting our heart and in wanting us to know our heart. Our wives want to know our want want us to know their heart. You know, men, if I can encourage you in any way, if you're a married man, get to know your wife's heart. That might be foreign language to you, I don't know. Do you know your wife's heart? Sometimes we presume. I presume. And I lost my marriage. Sometimes we think we're on the same page, doing the same thing, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a fork in the road and things happen and, and we presume. We presumed we were on the same page together. I'll tell you a little of my story. Probably 15 years ago, I was driving. I have a business in town here, but I, live, um, I lived in Waipak or Waipawa. 
and every day was a half an hour drive and I'd, I'd pray. And I remember once I was turning into Tollymarsh Road, off Railway Road, and I said, Lord, I know that I'm not where I should be. And I give you permission to do whatever it takes to get me to where I should be. And it all hit the fan. <laughs> Seriously. And my marriage came, came unstuck. My best friend was involved. It was very, very difficult. But for 10 years of being on my own and wanting to be married again and going through the process of, of healing and forgiveness, it was very difficult. My well was quite shallow in hindsight, but the Lord wanted to dig it deeper. And he wants to do that in all of us. And we don't really know what's in there until it's tested. But he wants to dig your well. He wants to dig it deeper. He wants us to know what's in our heart. He wants, to, wants us to be able to flow from our heart. The heart being the very essence of who you are. The heart being where the core values are so that we would be the same on the inside as we are on the outside. There's not this banging on something for church and that the rest of the time there's a whole different person. The Lord wants us to be real. The world needs us to be real. Yeah. So the Lord wants to deal with the heart. But how do we do that? How does that happen? Yeah. I'll just take a little detour. It'll just help set the stage. You know that gravity works, don't you? It's not here one day and gone the next day. It's here all the time. It's a natural law. And I don't know if you guys ever jumped off roofs when you were young, you know, wanted to be Superman and can you fly? Well, just we'll try this thing out. Bruce, you would have done that. I bet you did. Jumped off the roof. Yeah. Didn't, didn't learn the first time. You know, and I remember jumping off the car shed roof and, you know, your knees come up and whack you in the chops and you're thinking, oh, that wasn't so smart. But gravity is the same every single day. And it's amazing, really, because scientists still can't figure it out because we're a spinning world and we're on the outside of that. So in theory, we should be all flying off somewhere. But it works. Gravity is a law of nature, and it's in place for our good. And it's consistent, and it's there. But there's other laws as well. There's the laws of uh, physics, the, the laws of mathematics, the laws of aerodynamics. They all work together, and they're not against each other. They work together. And the laws of aerodynamics, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a helicopter buff and I love flying, and so I've, I've looked into it a little bit. And um, how a 650-ton airplane can fly through the air. That's the weight of 17 D8 bulldozers. 
it's fantastic. But it's not magical. It's actually a law. You know, the laws of thrust and weight and balance and the shapes of the wings and at all, it's mathematically adds up. And so the, the natural laws are in place and we all understand them every day of our life. We, we know if I stand near that thing, that edge there and jump off, I'll go down. Even animals, they don't fall over cliffs. Sometimes cliffs subside under them but they know that there's something dangerous about getting too close to a cliff. So it's, gravity is a, is a natural law. But there's, there's spiritual laws as well. And sometimes as Christians, we, we sort of not too sure about whether they should apply or whether they apply to us. But they do. Honor your mum and dad that things will go well with you and you'll live long on the earth. And I know there's a lot of people here that have probably been hurt really badly by mum and dad. And so to honour them is a really difficult thing. And later, I'm just going to pray that the Lord would heal the wound of your heart enough so that you could begin to honour them. Because our walk with the Lord, as I said before, is not is not all God and it's not all us. It's together. Together with the Holy Spirit, He convicts of sin and our job is to respond. Our job is to walk with Him and obey Him. And so there's the Lord's part and there's our part. And sometimes we do get a little confused. He said, Mom, honor your mum and dad that things would go well with you and you'd live long on the earth. And sometimes in areas, some areas don't go well for us. And usually we can connect the dots. And the way that you've dishonored your parents, it'll come on down the line and your children will begin to do the same to you. I'll give, I'll give you an illustration. My son... He's um, just 30, just coming up to 30, married, got two children now. At the time, they had one. And we would, wouldn't talk that much, really. He lives in Blenheim. And um, he, on Facebook, he's put some pictures. He, was, he went to Rarotonga on a holiday. And he was with an older couple who I knew and my heart just grieved. I just said, oh, that really hurts. That they're there with this older couple and not me. And the Lord spoke to my spirit so clearly. He said, you did exactly that. It felt like, it felt like Sam was adopting this couple as, a, as his parents. I knew them. The, the standard, there weren't standards there. There was just acceptance I guess but no standards they could do what they liked and the Lord just spoke to my heart and said you did exactly the same when you were 16 and I'd never seen it I'd never seen it but I did exactly that I adopted this family there was anything went you could just rock around just do anything and it must have so hurt my mum and dad and I repented of that right there and then. Mum and dad are both gone, but I repented to them and I repented to the Lord. 
I said, Lord, I'm just so sorry. I never saw that, but I, I can see how it must have really hurt mum and dad. Within about four hours, Sam rings me and starts pouring out his heart. Just that's, how, that's how powerful this stuff is. You know, there's our part and there's God's part. And the same if we, you know, it says judge that you, don't, that you won't be judged. We so often judge others and then the same thing comes on us. Or we, we do exactly the thing that we judge so harshly. And it can be right back when we're very young. And so it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now Malachi 4, 5 says, turn the, we'll have a look at that. I need my glasses. Verse 5, in Malachi 4, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. There's such a need for the hearts of dads to be turned to their children. This is what our world needs. Men, we have to take responsibility. And part of, the, part of the growing is that we would take responsibility for what's ours. You know, we hear a lot of people blaming a lot of people, and it's not so much here, but certainly in the States, everybody's suing everybody else. No one wants to take responsibility. But part of growing, the keys, the keys for transformation in your life are repentance, confession, and forgiveness. They will absolutely set you free. You know, sometimes we, we've, I know church can get into a strong, you know, we're going to come against the devil and we're going to stand here and we're going to fight him and we, we, we come strongly against the enemy and we've got to be really careful doing that. Because unless you carry a mandate and the authority to do that, it's, it's all a legal deal. Could you see that illustration with Sam before was when I repented, I stopped him tempting, stopped the temptation for him to dishonor me anymore. And then he was set free to, to do what he could, chose to do. The enemy works with legal ground, absolutely legal. In Proverbs 26.2, it says, a, a curse without a cause cannot alight. That's the old King James. But it means a curse cannot have a go at you unless there's legal ground for that to happen. And there's so often legal ground in our lives that the enemy just loves to, well, I can pounce on this and give it all it's worth. But when we repent, you know, we can... That the enemy will obey the name of Jesus, no question, and he will go. But if he got legal right, he'll come back times, yeah. So it's repentance is the key to stay free. 
And often, you know, it's seeing what we need to repent of. Some, we just don't see it often. But a lot of the hurts and the wounds, even in this room, are so deep and so painful that we're reluctant to visit it. And they often happen in the very early stages of our lives where we should have been protected, we should have been nurtured, we should have been loved, and we weren't. And those wounds have caused deep, deep hurts in our heart. And then the, we, we're aware of those wounds and we cover them and they are wounds of the heart. And they go really deep. But what is even more devastating often is our sinful response to those wounds. And you want, might wonder what I'm meaning by that is when we decide the wound comes and then we decide I, mustn't, I can't be worth it. So we begin to believe the lie. I'm just, I'm hopeless. I'm useless. I'm no good. And we believe that. Or, then we, or we judge the person that's abused us. And then we end up doing the same thing. Can you see the spiritual laws are absolute as well? They're not random. They're not, well, I'll take it or leave it. Honor your mum and dad that it might go well. And you'll live long. Judge not. The, re the laws of sowing and reaping. The hereditary the hereditary laws of coming down through generations. They have huge effects. Sometimes we think, um, you know, we hear of some horrendous thing happening and we think, man, I, I would never do that. You ever thought that? The nature of sin is that each one of us is capable of the most horrendous thing. You might think, nah, not me. And Deuteronomy, where is it? Deuteronomy. Somewhere. Mm, it'll turn up in a minute. Um, yeah, Deuteronomy 26, I think. In the time of a siege, that he, the word was saying that the most delicate woman in Jerusalem that didn't even want to put her foot on the ground, in the time of a siege, she would eat her own child and not share it with her husband. You know, we, can, we sometimes think people, you know, we judge people that have done the most horrible thing, and sin will be judged, make no mistake. But we, the heart of sin, this, the old Puritans used to call it the, the, the sinful, the exceeding sinfulness of sin, or the deception of sin. How it, it's a core thing; it gets into our heart. That's why the Lord wants to get to our heart. And. You know, we, we think that we're not capable of doing those terrible things, but we are. The right circumstances and from the right hereditary line, we are. There was a survey done about two families. You may have seen this article where 
one family came from a, Christ, a strong Christian background, preachers, and they followed several generations through. And this one generation that were Christians, there were, there were senators, there was a vice president, there were governors, doctors, lawyers, many preachers, you know, solid people for generation after generation. And then they did another one of a family that was, the guy was a robber and he'd been in jail. And the, the hereditary, following that hereditary line. And there were prostitutes, there were murderers, and just everything on the opposite side. And the, the amount of people, the reproduction was way less on the, the sinful side. So we, you know, there, there is a hereditary line that if we can walk into and if we can stop some of these hereditary things that are in our families and say, it stops here, it stops here. But we've got to decide. You know, just the, the prodigal son is an amazing story of, um, the father, really. And the son, the one son, he wanted, he wanted the money. He wanted, Dad, give me the stuff so I can go. And the dad gave it to him, and he went. But the, I believe that dad could have gone and found him. I, knew, I believe that he knew where he was. He would have told his servants and his brother, because his brother, before he even knew what was going on, knew that he'd already spent his money with, with harlots and partying and everything else. He knew that. So all the servants would have known what the son was going to do. He would have been bragging about it and saying, well, I'm going to go and party up. So the dad would have known and probably knew exactly where he was. But he had to wait for him to come home. And there's something really deep and that is God's heart and waiting for us to come home. Sometimes we've got to come to the bottom of ourselves. Like when I went through the period of my life when my marriage fell apart and I thought I had a good marriage, but I did presume. But I didn't make Jane feel special. She said that. And so we've got to don't presume, don't assume, learn to communicate. You know, sometimes pain in our lives does dig our well. But it's nice if we can avoid it. Yeah. But I had to go through you know, to, to forgive. At one point, there was such rage in my spirit that I could have done some serious harm to some people. And I said, Lord, I don't want that. I just fell on the floor and I said, Lord, take this anger from my heart. And I repented of, the, of that as to the depth that I knew. And then the, the, the work of forgiveness. And often it starts with just the the willingness to forgive. 
And then it says, Lord, you know, it says, out of your mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So we often know what's in there. We mightn't say it to everybody, but sooner or later it will come out. You know, if we've got attitudes, it will come out. And I tended to be a little bit sarcastic, and so I knew there was still work to do. And I started praying, Lord, bless Jane. Just bless her with a new husband. Bless her and her relationship with the kids and with her finance. And I was sort of, you know, that scripture that says, um, you know, pray for those that, that, you know, treat you badly, thereby heaping coals on their head, you know. So it was a bit of a mixed motive. <laughs> but the Lord just said, no, you really bless her. Because I was playing Lord bless her, you know, as you do. But he said, no, you really bless her. And something hit my spirit. And I just groaned in my spirit. And, I, and it, something changed. There was a shift on the inside. And I said, Lord, would you really bless her? Would you really bless her? And the greatest change happens in me. That's the miracle. You know, as you find it in your heart to, to forgive those people that have hurt you so deeply, the caregivers, the, your parents, the siblings, whoever it is that in that area of your heart that's so locked up and so painful you don't, don't even want to visit. But the Lord will come and he'll heal the heart. That's his part. He will heal your heart. And from then you can start the journey of dealing with the sinful responses that you've made in that situation and how we build structures around the pain, the judgments that we have to the person, the judgments we have on ourselves, the lies that we believe, and then the addictions that we'll wrap around that to medicate it. And we build this huge structure to try to protect the heart from being hurt again. But the Lord, so often those sinful responses end up being more damaging than the original hurt. And the Lord wants us, it's not, and we've all probably prayed, Lord, take this pain from me. And we want the zap on the floor and hit the floor and we'll come up and it's all different. Isn't that, wouldn't that be great? And it does happen, sometimes. But I believe the Lord wants us to know the journey. He wants us to understand the process of what we've opened our heart to, our own sinful response in that, and then the way of repentance and confession and forgiveness. To, and then you, you know the way, and you can show someone else the way. The journey of the heart. We ministered to a, a young man in Hong Kong, and young, well, he was 35. Middle-aged, I guess you'd have to call that. Young? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, he'd met a young lady, and, and he was thinking of getting married. And um, He'd been a Christian for quite a while and in, minist in ministry. But as we ministered to him, he, was, he would tell us, he was telling us he had had been, been with several young ladies before he was a Christian 
and had five different abortions. And he thought, well, that's what everybody does, you know. And so often we look sideways and think it's okay because it's not as bad as this person or it's a bit worse than that person. But when God came on that young man, he thought he was going to die. The depth of repentance that came on him was phenomenal. And the Lord showed them the sex of each child and he named each child. And he was a changed man when he went out of that room. He was full on for God at the time, but when the Lord got hold of him in this area, it absolutely changed him. See, because his heart was open. And there's stuff in our lives that doesn't go away, people. You know, pain that's buried alive stays alive. And we're not digging up stuff for the sake of digging it up. If it's got present day fruit, it's not yesterday. It's having effect on the people in your life today. So, it's, and it's not, you know, it's not all the Lord's responsibility to heal it. It's our responsibility to bring it to Him. And together, co workers, we work together. Even the king is limited to the laws that he set. You know, the Lord has put those things in place. And he's put them in place for our protection. You know, when I was 16, my dad gave me a real beating for something that I didn't do. He thought I was doing it. He thought I was involved in drugs and I was, I was hanging out with a crowd that wasn't that great, but I wasn't doing the things he, he thought I was. But he gave me a really severe hiding. And I, I remember walking out, it was, we lived in Heratonga Street then, walking out of the house and vowing in my heart that I'll never let him influence my life again. And it was just a thought, but it was pretty strong. And I, at 16, I left home and all the things that he thought I was involved in before, I became involved in and worse, a lot worse. That's how powerful that judgment was, that bitter root judgment. And it, did, it took many, many years to work through that stuff. You know, we, we make... The heart is so much stronger than this. We can decide with this for a while and we might keep things under wraps, but in the end, this will win. Always. Out of the heart. Out of the heart come the issues of life. So I encourage you, don't stuff them. Don't push them down. Allow the Holy Spirit to go to that wound. Even this morning, allow him to touch you in there. That's his responsibility. He says he'll heal the brokenhearted. He'll heal the brokenhearted. He wants you to come. He's longing for you to come. Can you see the prodigal dad waiting? You know, he's just longing for his son to come. 
it wouldn't have done him any good to go and find his son. He hadn't come to the end of himself yet. And often we've got to do that. We've got to come to the end of ourselves and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. And it's just such a, a glorious homecoming when we do come. Don't be a victim. Don't blame anybody else. Face your own stuff. So much of our growing happens when we will accept our life, even the family that you were born into. Accept responsibility for that. That is my family. That's where I've been placed. The enemy wants to steal, to rob and destroy you, but Jesus has come to give life to give life abundantly. He wants you to walk in everything he has for you. But it's your choice. He has limited himself to the laws he set in place. Allow your heart to be softened. You know, David was... When he, when he took Bathsheba and, and murdered Uriah and the deceit and the lies and everything that went around that, then he had a little baby. He didn't say how old that child was, but David thought everything was okay. He thought this, that was fine. How he could think that, who knows? How could he think, you know, he was a man of God. How could he think that murder and adultery and lying and cheating was okay? But he thought it was until Nathan came along and told him the story about the little lamb. And David got so, so angry at that person and, and Nathan said, you're that man. And it's not until we see our stuff, often we can't see it. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Nathan to come and say, you're that man. You know, I've, you know, you've hurt your children. You've hurt your wife. You've hurt people. And that's what restoration is all about. It's not, we sometimes think it's a, it's a, a dirty word. But restoration or restitution is the rebuilding of trust in a relationship again. That's what it's all about. We are community. We're not islands. Men, don't think that you're just a rugged individualist. Often our country thinks that's a hero, but it is not. That's our greatest sin is our independence. We're corporate. We need each other. We need the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit puts his finger on areas in our heart, that we'd respond to him. You know, if you follow the rabbit trails, you know, from the fruit that's in your life, whatever is in your life that's unbecoming a Christian, and then begin to follow it. Where did that come from? Where did it come from? When did I first have those feelings? And often there's huge anger in us and we explodes out. Anger is what we call a stink finder because there's always something under it. There's a reason why it's there. You know, often fears and things that have happened in our life very early. 
You know, if, there's, if everything's great and you've got the fruit of the Spirit in your life, don't go digging. You don't need to. But if there's serious present-day fruit in your life, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask a friend to help you. You know, get some professional help. You know, there's a, Sandy will be taking a, a conference in early August, I think. I really encourage you to come. If, if what's, what I'm speaking touches your heart and you know there's issues that you need to deal with, that there'd be a consistency from the inside to the outside, you, that you'd live a real person, that you're not banging it on for this person and then being something else somewhere else. The Lord wants to, for us to deal with our stuff. For men, you know, the sexual area is huge for us and carries a great deal of shame. But did you know the, the root of a lot of sexual areas is not sexual at all? It's often just the lack of nurturing, the lack of love. Every child needs to be loved. Every person needs to be have appropriate physical touch, affirmation, encouragement, building. And sometimes we never got that. And it broke our hearts. And those wounds of what we're living out of still. This morning, if what I've been saying is, has touched your heart, I just want us to, you know, there's a, there's a reverence over this place already. But I want to pray that the Lord would touch your heart that he would heal the brokenness that's in there to a point where you would be able to begin to work on, the, work on those areas. You'd begin to be willing to bring them to the cross, willing to bring them to a place of healing, where you'd repent of, the, of your responsibilities in them, You know, the, the hurts that we inflict on each other are just immeasurable. And when we forgive, it, it's not saying that what that person did is okay. It's not. But it's taking them off your hook and putting them on God's hook. It's releasing them out of... Because when you hold unforgiveness to a person, it binds you to that person. It's like drinking poison and thinking the other person's going to die. So, but when we, when we begin to release forgiveness, we set us free. Just this morning, I just ask that you would just bow your heads and if the Lord's speaking to your heart, if there's an area of woundedness in your heart that is deep and it's very painful, if we could just play something quietly and allow the Holy Spirit to go deep. Allow Him to begin to heal that wound because sometimes without His healing first, the wound is so painful and so deep that we're just not willing to face it. He says in Revelation 3, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open to me, I'll come into him and I will eat with him. 
And we often use that for, for a salvation message, but he's talking to the church. And he's asking the rooms that you're in your house that you've never opened the door of. When we, are, when we ask the Lord into our life, we surrender all we know to surrender. But as the journey of sanctification continues, he's wanting every room of the house. He wants to come into every room. And this morning, would you be willing to let him into that part of your, your heart that you've never let him into? Are you willing to look at it? It's a courageous step that you need to take to allow the Lord in. He is gentle and he's kind. He will not hurt you. Lord, I just ask this morning that you would touch the hearts of every person here. Lord, in the areas that we've been hurt so badly, Lord, whether it was the, the lack of the necessary good thing, the lack of the love, the lack of appropriate touch, the lack of affirming words, Lord, the thing that hurt us so, de so deeply, or the violence, the sexual abuse, things that have happened to us, the things that have happened to our generation. Lord, I ask by your Holy Spirit you would touch each heart. Father, make us willing. you feel like you, the Lord's spoken to you about the area of honoring mum and dad and you just think well there's nothing worth honoring you know as the Lord heals your heart you can start with the, that they gave you life you can honor them for that they gave you life and then ask the Lord, he is, he is so amazingly close to you. The Holy Spirit, he wants to work with you. He's there to help you. He wants to set you free. A joint worker, a co-worker with him. sometimes in our heart we hold those people in our heart and they're in a cage in there and we take them out and we give them a verbal flogging and we put them back in again this morning are you willing to open that cage of your heart and let that person go dishonored their mum and dad and how they can begin to put that right you know in our sexuality our 
our society thinks it's okay to be immoral. But as young men and women, as they dishonor each other in that way, they dishonor their parents as well. And they dishonor the parents of the other person. You know, the Lord wants to get at the heart. He says in Ephesians 4, 16, the person that stole don't steal anymore. He takes us from stealing to a neutral that we're not doing it. Then he says, work with your hands a good thing that you can give to the person that needs. So he takes us right through to become a giver. But then, then he works deeper than that again. He says in Corinthians 13, I can give all my goods and if I don't have love, I don't have anything. So he's wanting to get to our heart. He wants to get to our heart. That's what church is about. Our default is religion. If we won't walk in relationship, we'll bung on an act and we'll go through the motions. It's scary to open your heart. Can we just stand together? this morning if if you've been deeply touched or if there's an area of brokenness that's really become very raw I just encourage you to come we'd love to pray with you but I encourage you each one of us my walk since my marriage came apart was very difficult but it became a lifestyle of repentance. That I would keep short accounts. And I'm still got a long way to go. For those that know, know me, I'm sure you can testify. But begin, you know, begin the journey. If it hasn't been part of your lifestyle, make repentance and confession and forgiveness part of who you are that you would restore relationships how can I restore relationships with my siblings how can I restore relationship with my children how can I restore relationship with mum and dad and it's not saying those things didn't matter and you need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit of how to proceed. But begin the journey in your heart. If the Lord's speaking to you this morning and you just want prayer, feel free to come.